You're listening to the Candid Conversations podcast, where we share with you the adventures of small business, the community, and folks in communications. Every month, we sit down with local business owners and communications officers to provide the behind-the-scenes look of what it's like to be successful in business. We are your hosts, Chief Technology Officer Dan Nicholson and Chief Communications Officer Sagan Morrow. Candid Conversations is proudly presented by Jexta Communications. This is Episode 11. Welcome to season two of the Candid Conversations Small Business Podcast. Yeah, it's been a fun little hiatus for us. Yeah, so the last time we actually sat down to record an intro was in September. We had done that a little bit earlier um, than the actual episode went live because, Dan, you are getting married. I was getting married. Now I am married. Now you are married. How wonderful. I know. Um, So... It's been it's been quite a few months since we last did a podcast episode. Yeah, so last one was with uh, Dr. Linda Hamilton, which we did the uh, two parter. Yes. Uh, and so we are back with a potentially new format. Before was uh, we were doing every third Wednesday. Yes. And we're gonna switch to every first Wednesday of the month. Uh, this will just allow me a little more time to edit the podcast. Uh, and then we can get, uh, ideally, closer to our our guests coming in uh, so we can record earlier. Yeah, and it's also just going to be a little bit easier in terms of figuring out the schedule for things uh, instead of trying to figure out, okay, every third Wednesday, five episodes from now, what date is that? We'll just know. It's every every the first Wednesday of every month, that is when a new podcast episode will go live. Yep. So easy for you guys, easy for us. So that'll be fantastic. Uh, so now that that's put out of the way, <laughs> uh, why don't we talk about how things have been going since, I guess it would have been October, would have been the last episode. Yeah. So we've managed to do a fair amount with our business. We are both, we are officially incorporated now. Officially Yay! a business. Woo. And now we're paying taxes. Now we are we are paying a lot of taxes. Goodness, uh, yeah, things change when you become a corporation. Uh, but basically, our separate solopreneur businesses have now been dissolved, and Juxta Communications is a go. Yep, it's Juxta Communications Inc. We've filed the paperwork. Paper paperwork. There we go. Paperwork. We fired. <laughs> we filed the paperwork, and also, uh, yeah, basically we have our shareholders' loans now. Uh, we have a bank account together now. Very exciting. Uh, so we are now well into January, and we are bringing on some clients. We're getting our courses put together. Yes. Um, Sagan took some time off in November to write our season one podcast book. Yeah. So if you enjoyed season one of the podcast, you will also very soon be able to read a book all about it. So the book really gets a little bit more in depth into our guests' stories. So we have follow-up information on where our guests are at now, months after their original um, interviews. And we're also talking about the behind the scenes of building the podcast from the ground up. So that's been a lot of fun to basically document our entire journey of starting this podcast, how our podcast turned into a business, and all of that. So you can actually get a free chapter of that book by visiting juxtacommunications.ca slash book. Um, the free chapter will be avail- available fairly soon, and we're hoping to launch the book. I still have to finish actually writing it. So. <laughs> but then we'll be able to publish and launch it hopefully within the next couple of months. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think we're shooting for April currently. So yeah. we'll see. We'll keep you posted, obviously. Absolutely. Um, also, we should let you know, candidpodcast.ca is now moved over to juxtacommunications.ca slash podcast. If you put in candidpodcast.ca slash EP1 or anything like that, it'll still bring you to where you need to go. Uh, so going forward, everything will be juxtacommunications.ca slash podcast. Yeah, and we also have a lot of other really awesome blog posts on our website that talk all about small business, a lot of step-by-step guides and how-to tutorials. So that is also something you should totally check out. Yep. Uh, also a small plug for uh, our boot camp, 
we are doing so we have a free course that we highly recommend checking out yeah so you want to talk more about that <laughs> sure uh, if you visit juxtacommunications.ca slash bootcamp you will be able to learn how to create a strategic plan of action over the next three months for your business so if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed if you're feeling like you are having a hard time focusing on any one thing in your business if you're not really sure how you can start making progress with it or uh, implement your business plan that course really walks you step by step how to create a solid plan of action um, and we use the example of how to get retainer clients how to turn one-off clients into retainer clients so if you actually want to do that the bootcamp provides you with a perfect example for how to do just that but you can also apply it to many other things so that boot camp is pretty awesome yeah it is uh, <laughs> so definitely go and sign up uh, justicommunications.ch/bootcamp uh, it's completely free tons of great resources in there along with our blog posts so check it out uh, finally I mean we're cur- currently at about like five minutes so I probably would say now's a good time to introduce our first guest of the season yes very exciting conversation uh i thought you were gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) so we're excited to bring on amanda kenden from o donuts here in winnipeg one of our favorite places oh yeah her donuts are amazing uh fantastic conversation she talks about uh hiring employees talking about competition uh we talk a lot about donuts obviously (laughs) Uh, and just kind of inspiration for how she started uh, and where she started because she started in a commercial kitchen kitchen commercial kitchen there you go and uh, this is her candid conversation here we go so i guess where we could actually start is talking a bit about yourself and mm. why exactly you wanted to start Oh Donuts. You know, it's an answer I'm struggling with on a regular basis. Why did I want to do that? Um, basically, I guess I like baking a bunch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, a, I guess, a full-time job. And I would just spend my whole weekend baking. So my wife couldn't get in the kitchen. Mm. Where the wife should be, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so I would make all these things. And I uh, I did desserts for a Manitowoc Network event. And I just decided to make donuts. And then everybody was like, yeah, donuts. We don't have these here. Where, like, where can I order these from you? How can I do that? Do you have a card? And then I was like, yeah, we don't have that here. Because I was doing a bunch of other things. And I just had happened to do donuts this time. What were you doing before? Well, I was uh, have an environmental studies degree, so I was working at Green Action Center, and I was just doing like a couple of things, like weddings, a couple weddings and yeah. this event. So from there, I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on donuts, I guess. It's sort of a thing that you could do. Mm-hmm. My, I had started out wanting to have a restaurant, but I think one of the questions actually alludes to the fact that food-type businesses are notorious for making ends meet Mm -hmm. and I think restaurants are different than bakeries so even now just having a bakery I couldn't fathom having a restaurant now I imagine stress and would the hours be very different I'd imagine eh? well and that's another another answer to another question (laughs) uh, my like the hours are just all the time yeah essentially the baker starts at 9 p.m and then we close at 4 p.m so there's like and they they're done at 5 p.m so there's like four hours where nothing's happening in the shop. The hours are pretty widespread. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. So your business, O'Donuts, um, obviously focuses only on donuts. <laughs> when you were creating this plan to have a donut shop, yes. did you did you have any thoughts around adding other baked goods? Like were you kind of worried that like by only having donuts you might have too much of a niche or were you yeah, like, no, this is maybe. the perfect thing? Um, maybe except there are a lot of donut, just donut shops on Instagram, like Mm -hmm. all over North America, even in Australia. Like I follow some in Sydney. Um, so, you know, and especially Winnipeg's smaller, everybody's a little bit pickier, I think, in not a bad way, but you know, we have our standards, but we also like to eat out, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's uh, part of why I just did sort of the lean startup model, if you will. So I just did it by myself. I was even still working at Green Action Center when I started working. They wouldn't let me quit. I wasn't really doing much work, but I was still technically employed there. And then just, I started with Parlor, And um, my friend's boyfriend happened to know Nils. Mm. And so they had a conversation and then, you know, we met and he was like, yeah, we want donuts. So I started bringing him donuts and then all the other coffee shops were like, let's get in on that. So Yeah. So it sort of just took off on its own. Uh, I don't know, just to open a donut shop from the start probably would have been a lot more daunting, but Mm -hmm. renting a kitchen and not making like that huge investment in building a commercial kitchen was easier for sure. And I guess also having those relationships already built with so many other small businesses in the city must have been really useful. Yeah, well, they. I mean, I didn't have that, but it it happened. Yeah, right. And so then when I stopped, and to look for a space because I had been actively working on opening a space while also working six days a week mm-hmm. overnight, and then answering all the questions and doing all the things and sleeping like never. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I stopped, and then knowing that there was demand there, and that likely those coffee shops would come back had I opened. It was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships in Winnipeg matter a bunch. Yeah. They do. Speaking of which, I figured out how we knew each other. Yeah. Because I used to work at Food Matters and we had a lot of things that we partnered with Green Action Center on. Yeah. Maybe. So I think that that might be it. Maybe. For our listeners, they came in and looked at each other (laughs) and was like, I think I know you. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. I often just like say or end conversations with Winnipeg and people just understand. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. You were talking a bit about trying to find your own space. And mm-hmm. I know uh, some people who may listen to the podcast uh, may be looking for their space currently. Mm-hmm. How did you go about that? And I know you guys were closed and on hiatus for almost a year, almost two, I think. Uh, I think it was a year and a month. I guess I stopped in April and then we opened in May the next year, so... It was a sad year for me. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed that year and it did a bunch of stuff that was really great, but um, it was also still stressful because I was looking for space. Mm-hmm. But in July, I think, my wife and I finally went on our honeymoon because we got married while I was doing donuts uh-huh. uh, in October. And I took one day off. And then we, so when I stopped, we went on our honeymoon. And while we were in Italy, the, the real estate agent sent me a bunch of spaces. And there was this one on Broadway. And I was like, Broadway? Yeah. I don't think I had considered it. Or like I didn't have, I knew I sort of wanted to be downtown mm-hmm. because offices and, you know, offices have meetings. And so they want donuts or some sort of dessert in theory. So I knew it was downtown somewhere, and every other space I'd seen was maybe on the periphery. There's one at Portage and Maryland, no, Sherbrooke. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just too, a little bit too far. Like, people have to be able to walk there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I saw this one on Broadway. It used to be like a beauty salon or a Yeah, nail. I used to work down there. It was, yeah. Uh... So just the, the thought about all the work that would need to go into making that a donut shop was quite daunting and stressful too but it was the space and it was too a bit too small as well like we're pretty cramped in the back and obviously there's very little seating but this this location they always say location location and funny ironically enough we had a couple people approach us with weird offers for space usage so um so that guy emailed and was like oh we have a solution to your problem and so we met very big chairs very intimidating and his idea, which he didn't seem to run through, run past the owner, was for us to use the kitchen in the off hours. And that the owner's like, well, we've got like $2 million of liquor and all of these like really valuable paintings. So I wouldn't like really want you to be there overnight unsupervised. I'm like, did you guys talk about this before I came here? Yeah. So it didn't work out. That's understandable. Yeah. Also... Working in the shared kitchen, I definitely 
learned a lot of lessons about sharing space. It's not really possible. If you have a bunch of people who are trying to be profitable in a business, they're only interested in their own, like in their benefit or like Mm -hmm. they're protecting themselves. Like Mm -hmm. it sounds bad what I'm saying, but how they operated this shared kitchen was a collective. So we were all supposed to sort of be chummy and it wasn't managed at all. Mm. So there was like an online booking system and you were supposed to book online, but people didn't do that. And, uh, equipment, I don't know, equipment wasn't really there. There was leaks and so it was very stressful. Every night I went, I didn't know who was going to be there and what the situation was going to be like. Mm. One night I went in, and it was clearly somebody had left the gas on without the pilot lights on. And I don't use gas, yeah. anything. This is my first time. So it was like, am I going to die? What's <laughs> happening? I don't know what to do. So I turn on the fan to try and get the gas. Apparently, that was the exact wrong thing to do <laughs> because just the spark of turning it on could have just exploded the whole thing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's scary when you have to trust other people are for sure not going to do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the kitchen was also open to the community, and that's great. And I think that I was like an hour out of finishing. A group, like maybe 10 or 12 African ladies came in and started cooking for a wedding, and it smelled delicious, And it, but it was really spicy. So it was like, here are my donuts, and here's some really spicy chicken. Is my donuts going <laughs> to absorb the flavor of this thing? And then I was putting stuff away because we all had to have our own equipment. There was some very basic things. Mm-hmm. So I had these big Tupperware bins and the the women were taking things out as I was putting them in. Like they didn't, I guess nobody explained to them that they needed to have all of their own things. Uh, anyway, it was like, can I have some chicken? Yeah. I would like some chicken, but anyway. That's an interesting challenge to face in a community yeah. kitchen. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They would want your own space. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and for me, I don't know if a lot of people realize how hard donuts are to make. I think that they might because a lot of people just don't make donuts at home. Like, I'm going to whip up a batch of donuts, says nobody ever. (laughs) Because if you do it right, it will take up your whole day. But I started out with just a pot, frying three at a time. And so now we can do like 24 at a time, right, in this big fryer. But And so I I grossly misunderestimated how much time and effort I needed (laughs) on those first days. But um, it's, it's tricky with donuts because... They do take a lot of time, and because there wasn't proper equipment, like I didn't have a proofer. I used the oven. I turned it on a little bit, put a little bit of boiling water in there to sort of emulate a proofer so it was warm and moist so that the dough would rise and not just get crusty. Mm -hmm. But then the baker would come in and need the the oven. Well, I'm currently kind of using the oven, (laughs) but not really using the oven for its stated purpose. So, yeah, donuts in particular were hard. If you were coming in, there was a waffle guy. He would bring his his waffle machine. Okay. He could mix it and cook it all on just one table, and that was fine. He didn't need anything else. So it depends what your use is. But mm-hmm. Could you it. walk us through what the first few days of opening a storefront was like? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, like, really curious. <laughs> um, there was a lot of like I don't know actually what's gonna happen and what we should actually do because everything I have this notion that if I did everything (laughs) then maybe like two more people could also do everything and we could do more of everything this was not right at all (laughs) I needed more people so yeah one of the questions was you hired staff so initially I hired staff in January but we didn't open until April Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, city delays, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so, yeah, I trained trained a few people before we opened. And one of the the baker was had dough experience. But what I've really learned is if you don't know what you're doing with dough, because it's mostly like the today the kitchen is cold and not humid, so I have to try and make it warmer. But also, the dough needs something different now because the conditions are different. So if you don't know that, you're you're not making a good product. That makes sense. Yeah, so I thought I'm going to have like at least two kinds of cake donut and all of these other donuts and we're going to have the gluten-friendly and we're going to have coolers and fritters and 
just everything we were going to have on the opening day. And uh, it turned out we had almost nothing <laughs> because, you know, and it, people didn't have a lot of experience. So we, they were slow, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, everybody's much faster now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't anticipate how slow everybody would be and I guess inefficient. So there was a lot of dough being thrown out that wasn't worked mm. okay. because the person was taking more time than they needed in between the things. But hmm. uh, So we have these donut screens that go in the fryer. You put the dough on the screen and then you proof it and it just goes right in. Uh, be- when I first started, you would cut the donut and put it on like a piece of parchment and put it one by one in the fryer. So these screens were just going to be a lifesaver and a godsend, right? They're going to be the best, except... <laughs> As we started, I realized I really had nowhere to put them. So the proofer is like this tall machine that you just slide the thing, slide the screens in. But then once they come out, they sort of need drying time and just floor time. But I had nowhere to put them, so I was putting them on top of things. They were just on top of ingredients on a shelf. It's like, how did I not anticipate that I needed a whole rack to take these out and put these here? So it took... I think it was the next week before we got that. Yeah. So would you what? maybe suggest that someone else starting up a business like this would do like a week of very soft launches for? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, probably more testing. I, I, I guess I just figured I would be there mm-hmm. and I would figure it out. And of course, uh, I actually had a smaller fryer when I was alone and I would just put it on top of like a flipped over baking pan on a rack. But these were bigger. So they they wouldn't fit on this rack, racks like this big, but these like, interesting. what? And of course, like you're wrapped up in so much else, little, little detail like that totally gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while we are talking about donut testing, yes. can we talk about donut flavors and sure. how you come up with so many different flavors and why you've chosen to have so many different types of donuts all at the same time and you have like... They change every single day, and it's amazing. I guess it started with when I was alone, and I would make two flavors each day, so they would change every day. Also, I can't imagine sales would be great if we're selling the same, like, seven donuts for three months. Fair. Mm -hmm. Variety is the spice of life, is what I always say, and there's so many kinds of donuts you can make. That is true. And also the staff... Like, sometimes it can be annoying, for sure. Especially if we get a special order where somebody wants flavors that aren't on the menu, we usually take those. But the staff are like, it would be so boring to just make all of these same donuts all the time. Every day it changes, that's great. So it's like a new day every day, you know? I love that. Yeah. So mostly it's just... Keep things fresh. Yeah. Just Keep things for fresh. yourself, I guess. For, for us, for the customers, um, obviously there's some that are in regular rotation like we have every week almost all the flavors but they're on a different day Mm -hmm. to think about people who can't ever make it on friday we're not always going to have this done on friday although we do have lemon meringue usually just on saturday but Uh, anyway so there's an incredible amount of thought that goes into the menu so i make the menu like by sunday for the week when i started it was like what do we have let's make this and i would even try to make like grapefruit curd the night before. <laughs> wow. So that's what I did when I was alone. I would make the dough and it would rest. And then I would make the filling, which was a terrible plan too, because <laughs> it needs time to set. But I was making a much smaller quantity than we are now. Anyway, Viardi's spice of life and uh, there's a lot of things that we can make. There's mm-hmm. still more things mm-hmm. we want to make. So you just choose flavors based on, choose them at random or... Like for like, a day? Yeah, well, yeah. just like in general. Like you have some interesting, I'm trying to think of some of your flavor combinations. Besides Oreo cheesecake? <laughs> Which now I'm just thinking about Oreo cheesecake mm-hmm. donuts. It's very distracting. But you have like Sorry. a large variety of different types of flavors that you would not find yeah. at other donut shops. So do you come up with those or does your team come up with them? Do you have yeah. people come up and say, can you make this type of donut? And you're like, sure. Mostly like, sometimes we get, I've got a great donut idea for you, Imperial Cookie. And I was like, yeah, that is a great idea. We literally made that today. Like, it's on the menu today. Like, That's awesome. It was the Instagram picture today. <laughs> is that where you got the idea from? Because yeah. So, sometimes it's pretty funny. Um, but the staff do come up with ideas, for sure. 
some of the ideas are just, what's a popular dessert? How can we make mm-hmm. that into a donut? And those are mostly the most popular, like Oreo cheesecake. The cheesecake donuts, I don't know if anyone's mm-hmm. caught on yet, but they're popular. The so we make a cheesecake. lot of kinds of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we milk that a lot. Um, otherwise, it's, hey, there's this donut shop in Toronto that made this flavor. Let's do that, too. Nice. So, like, we still a lot of flavors. Well, it's, it's getting inspiration from other inspiration, people. Inspiration, yeah. I usually just say steal. But, <laughs> you know. Hey, Dan. Hey, Sagan. Do you ever feel like there is so much that you could be doing, but you just do not have the time to actually do it? Uh, Pretty much the story of my life. Yeah. A lot of people seem to have this issue. But what if I told you that you can actually make progress in business in just 15 minutes a day? I would say, how would I do that? Well, we have a free challenge, the Begin Your Biz Challenge, And you can check it out, juxtacommunications.ca slash begin. And basically what it is, is every month we have a different theme. And each theme focuses on different daily 15-minute action steps you can take to continue making progress on your business no matter how busy you are. That sounds great, but like, what if I have any questions or I kind of don't want to go out alone? You don't have to. We have an entire community full of hundreds of other business owners just like you right inside the free challenge so you can connect with them on a daily basis on each of the 15-minute action steps you can brainstorm ideas with them and connect with them sweet all right well i'm gonna go check that out where was it again juxtacommunications.ca slash begin i wanted to ask a bit about your staff members because obviously you give them some nice creative freedom uh and Leading up to your your store open and hiring staff, how difficult was that? And you're shaking your head no. You know, at first, I just, I did interviews at Fools and Horses. I got a lot of resumes. I weeded them out like, oh, you couldn't even spell donuts right in Oh Donuts, so you're not going to be interviewed. Like, just spell it the way I spell it, at least in the name of the thing. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there were some very clear... Mm, standouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like one woman who is now the manager used to manage Starbucks. Like clearly you understand that yep. kind of thing. So great. One woman is a Red Seal chef and worked wow. at Cakeology. Ooh. And these two people I hired for the front. Now they're in the back. So yeah, because we were we needed more people in the back. So I just sort of stole people from mm-hmm. the front and then hired more people for the front. So yes, like the people, I would say, is kind of the worst part of it. Hmm. And it can be the best, but people are an interesting creature in that they have opinions and <laughs> needs. Sorry, Odona staff. <laughs> they know this. I, I'm very open with them. <laughs> um, and certainly there are other staff that are worse that are no longer there than the staff who are currently there. Mm-hmm. But And I'm sure I'm no peach either, right? So just people in general are difficult. Like not imagine say, it's a passion thing of yours, right? So like to, to have someone who's yes. not passionate as much yeah. as you are, I imagine there'd be a lot of conflict. Which nobody will ever be. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I ha- it's sort of like this internal struggle of just realizing that and letting it go. Because I did do everything myself, and now I'm like, this is your one job. You're only decorating donuts. You didn't make the dough. You didn't fry the dough. You didn't do this. You didn't deliver them. You didn't come back and clean up. Like, you're just decorating donuts. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, for me, it's I'm in a lot of therapy, trying to, you know, even things out. But my therapist is like, can you just... Like, pick and choose your battles and let some things go that don't matter as much, except I feel like it's it's a tumbleweed if you let some things go. Mm-hmm. Also, it's my baby. Like, it's my name. I'm associated with the whole thing, so Absolutely. I don't want uh, I want anybody. My whole thing is making mouths happy. If your mouth isn't happy and somebody, like, I know who made that happen, it's, it's going to be bad. Anyway, I as, as love that. That is the like best. smiling. 
I just want to make Mel's happy. <laughs> I think that you definitely achieved that. I can. <laughs> well, personally, not me, but the whole O Donuts crew can, for sure. You definitely well, did a good job. Yeah, I mean, for sure, there was um, there was actually an issue with the dough like last summer, not this past one, but the one before. That I had to go in and just be like, okay, what is the ratio? What's happening? So I figured it out. Everything's good now. But it's hard to sort of instill a feeling. And I think I was mm-hmm. trying to allude to this earlier. It's dough is a feeling. There's conditions and yeah. they change. Mm-hmm. And it's you just have to sort of feel it. And there's intuition. You have to learn that. And it's hard to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't quite teach that. You have to... No. And you have to be willing to, like, absorb it. A lot of people are very, um, I don't know, structured, but logical you know they want well what number should this be at for this amount of time and when should I change it at this time and how long should it be and it's just not that it's like poke it (laughs) how does it feel okay if it's too soft turn it down you know yeah you can quote me on that poke it it's too soft turn it down (laughs) and that's how you make donuts (laughs) yeah that's just basically it so you had mentioned before um kind of looking at what you'd mentioned before about restaurants versus bakeries. Yeah. But I'm just kind of curious because it can be so notoriously challenging to make ends meet in the food industry in general. Um, what have you done to minimize risk for that? Or have you done anything? Does that scare you at all? Yeah, sure. Of course. I had no idea how to price the things when I was doing it. And of course, the coffee shops are priced lower. Mm-hmm. Like they have a wholesale price. And because we have so many flavors, it is actually, I keep saying it's impossible for me to cost out each donut. That's sort of why we have regular and specialty. Like specialty is, well, how many steps is it to make it? And what are the ingredients cost? In general, it's not specific. So I just kind of guess, mostly. I don't have, (laughs) this is probably like against every business, (laughs) food-based business rule. I don't have a cost for each donut. For sure, I have a general idea of the time and the ingredient cost, uh, and we use lovely ingredients. It's certainly not cheap, and basically what people are paying for is the time, the staff time, mm-hmm. because I don't pay the staff minimum wage. I pay them, I think, a lovely wage. Mm-hmm. Maybe they would disagree. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, and, you know, we have fair trade chocolate, organic flowers, so all of those things cost more money. That being said, I think restaurants obviously are more elaborate. Like we're making one thing. I mean, like yeah, there's multiple five hundred of one thing, but multiple dishes to be had. And, yeah. yeah, and uh, I think the hardest part, one of the hardest parts, is guessing how many donuts you will sell that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's all just a huge crapshoot, <laughs> and I just feel like I've I've got a big horseshoe up my butt that it's working out. You know. I will say from the marketing standpoint, uh, at least on Instagram, uh, I mean, obviously food sells. It's just food porn. Come on. Food porn. (laughs) Uh, But whenever I see a sold out or uh, buy one, get one uh, Instagram post. Yes. uh, At least to me, when I see the sellout, it's like, oh, my gosh, she's doing so amazing. And then the BOGO one is like, oh, my God, people go and eat f- yeah. and support, you know, because I don't know why. That's just the way my mind is is set. Uh, whether or not that is actually accurate in terms of, you know, how business is going. Um, if you sell out, you know, did you just misjudge that day? For sure. Sometimes that <laughs> happens. Sometimes it's staff error. If it's like 1130 or 12, something went wrong. That's a secret you could know. (laughs) And because uh, the process takes, like, from mixing the dough to decorating it, it's, like, at least four hours, four to five hours. Mm. So when we sell at 1130, we can't, like, we can anticipate another batch. Like, for sure, at 930, we know we're going to sell at 1130. But then that's a whole other four or five hours, and the decorating staff are done at 12. So it's just, like, there's not enough staff. It would take a whole nother. And then by then, like, 2.30, let's say, nobody's coming in at 2.30. Yeah. So it's just, that's why we don't make more on those days. There you go. But some days, like National Donut Day, there's just almost no way in the space that we have that we can keep up <laughs> with the demand for donuts that day. Yeah. So we make as much as we can, and probably this year we'll be able to make more. But which, which day is it? Like which it's day like the... the first June, first Friday in June. First Friday in June. There you yeah. Go. 
which often ends up being my dad's birthday. Which is weird. <laughs> and then Pride. Do you make him an extra special donut? No. No. He okay. gets like lemon curd. That's what he likes. That's what he wants. And then Pride is that same weekend mm-hmm. usually. So it's a crazy weekend for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's, and then the BOGO is, yeah, it was slow. Yeah. Or maybe we're training staff and we make more than we should, but, uh, Usually it's a very good tool to get people in mm-hmm. and sell those donuts. Obviously, we don't want to throw out donuts. Yeah. So what does happen if you have excess donuts? <laughs> How do I get and, those? And, and where does it go to second house? I just want to make sure that they don't like, that they go to a good home. You know, this is very important. Yeah. We do our best to make sure they go to a good home. Um, if the staff are able, they bring them to like slow mission. Nice. Uh, or... McDonald Youth Services, I think. There's one guy who has a few places he goes. So, yes, sometimes they do end up in the compost. It kills me, for mm-hmm. sure. But, like, all That's the other things that I have to manage, like, that is pretty low on my totem pole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that cultural appropriation to say it's low on my totem pole? I haven't heard that in, like... I don't know. That's an interesting and important question. But I've never thought about that before. I don't often say that saying, though probably there you go Mm -hmm. i honestly have no idea yeah apologies to anyone who we offend (laughs) (laughs) good times yeah (laughs) so speaking of laughter Mm. what's the favorite part of actually uh making donuts or just business in general oh interesting i don't think that was on my pre-approved list of questions what's my favorite part (laughs) I, I believe the actual wording was it. What do you enjoy most about your line of work? Okay. So I, I changed it. I apologize. <sighs> it's not your fault. You did what you thought was needed to do. I know. <laughs> um, favorite part. You know, sometimes, uh, like, there's a little boy, I think, that... I think he has autism, and his mom often orders, like, vanilla sprinkles. Sometimes we don't have it. She always gets the vegan one, even though I think he can eat dairy, so I'm not really sure... But anyway, so just the, I think, I don't know if it was blue, I think it was pink. But she said that it just brings him so much joy just seeing the donut. And of course, he doesn't speak a lot. And it's just, when he sees the donut, it's like, so little stories like that. So yeah. that sort of ties into making mouths happy. Mm-hmm. Just like the simplicity of like, taking a bunch of raw ingredients and putting it together and making something that people, like, brings people pleasure. Yeah. That's the best part. Realistically, <laughs> the best part is like sometimes when I'm up front and I'm serving customers and it's just like shooting the shit with the customers. It's just, actually, we're all just people. Yeah, I actually loved doing that when I used to work at a convenience store. That was just one of the greatest days. You, know, you used just, to work at a convenience store. I did. Interesting. I, you want to know the name of that convenience store? I it was? do. BJ's One Stop. BJ's. BJ's. Where oh. was that? It was in Amherst, Nova Scotia. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I asked the last question, so you can jump in. Do your job. (laughs) Okay, so you use a lot of different local and organic ingredients, Mm -hmm. and you have, like, some sustainable practices. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and, like, why why it's important to you and how other small businesses can also kind of emulate that? (sighs) Yeah, so it's important, I don't know, because I care about the things. But the environment things, I have the environmental studies degree, worked in two different environmental nonprofits. So it's just sort of something that I believe in a bunch. Also, it is not that difficult to do as a business to, I mean, for sure I could make more money by using just Robin Hood flour or um, cheaper butter or whatever. But also the donuts are as good as they are because the quality of the ingredients Manitoba makes some delicious things. We should use these things. Also, you know, there's that whole chart about where your money goes when you spend it locally. So there's a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of blowing it off like it's not important, but it's important. It's good. Um, Sustainability. Yeah. Pish. So part also. So local ingredients, of course, you know, limit your footprint, etc. cetera. Um, I feel like in Manitoba, it's hard to eat locally because obviously we have winter and non-season fruit, like fruit that's not in season is kind of terrible here. It's not great, but you can make butter here all year. You can 
in theory have flour here all year. So those things are just so easy to do. Eggs all year. Anyway, uh, also the boxes are compostable, except, you know, I don't think anybody actually composts them. Like for them to actually break down, they'd have to be sort of in a huge municipal system that gets really hot in your backyard compost. They're just going to live in there for probably like 20 years before they break down. So we're actually getting new boxes, but they're recyclable. I feel like more people are going to recycle them anyway. Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff, but also I pay to have compost picked up, which is fine. Like I don't even notice really that that's an expense that's just breaking my bottom line, you know? Um, so that. Also, I'm just sort of, this is also going to sound bad, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you know when you say something ahead of time in your head and you're like, let's just not say it then. I'm uh, pretty militant. How's that? About like water wastage. Like. The water in the, the dishwater, this is going to just sound really like I must be terrible to work <laughs> for, but we don't fill the, the sinks up all the way because there's a lot of sugar and crap that muddies the, the water. So we're constantly changing it. So we fill it. So I'm very militant about like reminding everybody to mm -hmm. not fill the water all the way up. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, just all the things you would do at home, mm -hmm. you can do basically in a business. Mm hmm I was going to move into marketing tips. I was also going to do that. <laughs> do you want to Let's take it? Let's do it together. Yeah. All right. Marketing. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Uh, I want to talk actually a bit about branding before we go into the marketing specific. Okay. Because uh, branding for O-Donuts uh, is impressive. Uh, is it okay? It's pretty good. Huh. You know, I see the pink car drive around every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I like that pink car. <laughs> With like sprinkles. That is <laughs> pretty great. The branding for o Donuts <laughs> is this car. That's it. So I, I want to say, based around your idea of making mouths happy, is that where uh -huh. the branding kind of stemmed from in terms of, or like, do you want to, like, your branding is very happy, I found. Yeah. I mean, and I think by the same token, Bronut's branding is also quite happy. Mm -hmm. Their logo looks like kind of a smiley, winky donut. Mm -hmm. That's true. Also, if somebody's paying this much for something that's um, superfluous, like unnecessary, you kind of want it to be happy, you want it to be good, you want to see value. So, you know, you're making them happy, they're deriving value from buying this product in more than one way than just eating it. Also, mostly I think I did the car for myself, like you drive around <laughs> in it and people are waving and you just immediately see smiles. For me, that's great. And obviously, it brings a smile to people's day. Like, there is one woman, I think she's walking down Ellis, just like, doo doo doo, no smile, just, you know, obviously, public face. I have a public face that's not like as bright and animated as this one. She saw the sprinkle car, and, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like, what's the most ridiculous thing that I could do <laughs> to this car? It was just black before. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like pretty much the epitome of my branding. The logo, it's just kind of old timey. Because yeah. obviously I want to convey just a, like we have simple donuts, but also we have fancy donuts. But I think a lot of what we rely on is in Manitoba, we have a big Ukrainian population. And a lot of people, what we heard in this first event that I made where people were asking if I had cards, these remind me of my Baba's donuts. So a lot of people have a nostalgia with the donut hmm. that you know donuts are a trend for sure but in manitoba i think that they won't be because we have this population that mm. has this nostalgia interesting mm. yeah so branding branding leading into marketing yeah okay so your instagram account is yeah. amazing is it okay uh i love it just like i'm just doing <laughs> some things is it you who runs it yeah oh my god Again, except except the manager does post sometimes they're not my favorite photos, but and she knows it. it's fine. She knows it. So, for for those listeners who have not seen this feed, you need to check it out right now. Instagram.com slash show donuts. Yeah, I'm assuming. D o u g h n u t s. Yes. I won't like it. Um, but there's there's a lot of really great things about your Instagram profile that I love, and you know, I mean, you have pretty much every single day. Here is the donut lineup, or this is what we'll have tomorrow, which yes. I think is awesome. I mean, and th the pictures you have are great and everything like that. But do you have any marketing tips for people who running a small business who are yeah. 
trying to engage their community so that they actually want to look at their profile um, and also to stay on top of it. Like the fact that you do it every day is fantastic. I'm glad you think it is. It's hard to do <laughs> like twice a day to post. Yeah. And it's just donuts. Um, I, what I found was when we posted staff, we hardly got any likes, like mm. maybe 200 likes. We got like 20,000 people. Yeah, like <laughs> we should have more likes than that. You post a picture of a donut or a variety of donuts in good lighting, etc. 500 likes. And more comments. I think what is really good to see is people tagging other people. Mm-hmm. And that's good. So we hardly ever show the staff. People want to see the donuts. That's what we're selling. So that's what we give them every day, twice a day. And actually, the the posting in the menu the night before was a customer. Like, actually, multiple customers in the beginning were like, you should post it because it changes every day. Mm-hmm. And people want to plan their day. We also found that sales were better when we do a post. So mm-hmm. it could be slower in the morning if we don't do a post. Sometimes we don't do a post in the morning because we're really busy. So we don't really need to, but also we don't have time to do it. If we don't do a post in the evening, I don't know if we've actually not done a post in the evening lately. So it's harder to say, but definitely we've noticed in the morning if we don't do a post, it could be slower. Because things can change from the night. For sure, there are a lot of people who still, like, here's the menu for today. Hey, do you have this? Or are you open today? It's like, here is what we have today. Are you open today? I don't, I really stressed out about, like, being really accessible and answering everybody's questions or complaints. But what I've learned from my sanity is that... Are you open today? Questions just have to be ignored. Mm-hmm. Things like that cannot be addressed. I have the phone number. The hours are at the homepage of the thing, like yeah. at the top of the place where you put the comment. So I don't respond Work to all the donut. things now. <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, a lot, like a big, a big thing I found is people just don't read anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It could literally be in the picture, closed from this time to this time. Oh, are you open today? <laughs> I can't. I just can't. So, yes. Just basically noticing what people are liking and commenting on. If we actually have... So when we have a new coffee shop that comes on, we take a picture of the sprinkle car in front of the coffee shop. Just like one of the non-donut pictures we do now only. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that coffee shop... So. Scout is the last example of this. Uh, just got like 200 new followers after we posted that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we obviously have some followers and they're interested in the things. And so it's sort of like using Instagram for good to support local. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. And uh, I think we're going, the staff, we're having a Christmas party. We're going axe throwing. They've got some aggression to work out. <laughs> I'm actually going to make a big... T- anyway, I'm totally going axe-throwing like next week yeah. or something. I think it's the thing the to do time. right now. It looks like it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. So we're actually going at a reduced rate if we post us doing it, like on old donuts. Oh, neat. So there's value mm-hmm. in oh, it's exposure, the Instagram right? account. Yeah. 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 It's always nice when there's collaborations like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, of course I can do that. That's the easiest <laughs> thing I could do. I, I really like the that's sort of how you're using your Instagram account. You're really paying attention to what do people like? They like donuts, so that's what you're going to post, and they want yeah. to know what donuts are available that day. And also the fact that you realize that, you know, like what gets more sales and that you've responded accordingly. That just seems like very good business sense that I think a lot of people don't even consider. Yeah, you have to, you have to pay attention to all the things, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things to pay attention to. So this could be something that you push aside, but probably shouldn't. It's free. It's free besides the time that it takes for you to do it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was huge, especially since the market is on Instagram. Like, so we also do Facebook. We give like the Instagram post goes to Facebook. I do some Twitter retweeting. Twitter is not my favorite thing in the world, but you know, we've got 2000 followers. Are they followers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I feel like they need a bone. Need a throw of a bone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so just Facebook is sort of an older demographic, I find. Mm-hmm. You look on the um, the insights for Instagram, and it's like, I think 
is it 75% women between like 25 and 35 mm. or something? So that's who they are. Let's do what they want to do. But also I think it's important that the menu does change every day. You have to convey that somehow. Oh, you're providing mm-hmm. more value, right? Yeah. Which is also so. interesting because then it forces people to Check the look menu. at your Instagram account. I mean, like I know I yeah. do that whenever my common law spouse is in town. Um, we always go to O'Donuts, like, since, I don't know, a couple times a month. Every, like, on Saturdays. Like, that's yeah. our thing. And, like, he'll be like, okay, what what donuts do they have today? You know, and we're, like, looking and we're like, okay, like, I think that this is the one I want. If they don't, if they're sold with that one, then we should get this one. And, like, <laughs> it's fun. Because, it's like yeah. going to the ice cream shop, but without leaving your house or something. Mm-hmm. Right? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Have you noticed any, uh, so I know a lot of people on Instagram, I'm starting to see due to the algorithms, limiting their reach. Have you noticed any issue with your followers since uh, since that? Um, followers, no. But I feel like the like the amount of likes could be higher. And certainly when leading up to our break of two weeks now, there was somebody who was like, Ugh, I hate that Instagram isn't, she didn't say linear, but it's out of order now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But And for sure, with a post that's very time-specific, it's not like, here's a donut that we make, come buy donuts, <laughs> just vague. Yeah. It's like, tomorrow, this is what we will have. If you see that the next day, yeah. it's totally useless. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get those sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh, that would have yeah. been a great donut had I known. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I was asking if you'd seen a, a, a limit. I think it's hard to measure. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I've noticed less likes mm-hmm. even with bronuts you can see like you've got thirty-three thousand followers i feel like you should have a few more likes mm-hmm. yeah. um so i think so but i think also people don't rely on it as much anymore mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people are like well there's probably something that will like right mm-hmm. yeah they just plan to come now yeah because I think you asked about how I plan the menu and we sort of got away from that. So it's just like a couple chocolate things, fruity things, non-fruity or chocolate things. Here's the vegan menu. Make sure we have something chocolate. Don't want to have too many things with nuts for those with nut allergies, you know. So it's like all of this stuff. Um, So generally, if you like fruit, there'll be something fruity for you. If you like chocolate, there's something chocolatey. So, yeah. Yeah. for our listeners, because we're talking about Instagram, I read about a in a Global Mail article that uh, Instagram will actually limit the likes you receive. It won't show you all the likes when you log in. So if you, yeah, so it's like it's like ninety nine. Like when I log in, it the max I ever see is ninety nine. Yeah, even though it could be two hundred since yeah. I've logged in. Yeah, yeah, I've know. noticed that from forever. Yeah, so I I just wanted to point that out there because I I. I I don't get 99 likes. <laughs> so. My personal account has like 10 followers and it's private, go. so I don't get 99 <laughs> likes there either. I get at most 12, so, uh, and I think most of them I know everybody. Yeah, it's your uh, mom. Probably. Your mom's different accounts. Uh, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for our listeners, if who are those who didn't know, they actually, when you log in, they limit uh, the number of likes you see, and uh, but you may actually have more the next time you log in, depending. Anyway, wanted to put that out there before we moved on. Yeah, I just go to the picture and look at how many likes the picture has. Yeah. I If I see 99, I'm like, okay, probably it's got more than that. Yeah. And I just go to the picture. There you go. Yeah. Because it's, and then when you scroll, like, you kind of the same idea probably. You can only see so far. So if there's comments yeah. on a picture after so many other comments, I don't see them. So I go to the picture. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. Fun, fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts. Instagram is tricky yep. because Facebook bought it. Yeah, and definitely. actually, like what I would talk about for somebody starting a business would be how hard it is to get funding mm. or support from the organizations that are there to support you. So I actually went to Futurepreneur yep. to start with and had my business plan and had my financials and math is tough let me just say that i barbie is totally right and that's fine i am not i failed accounting in business administration like twice it was not my thing it didn't make any sense anyway so i figured it out but they kept changing how they wanted me to display the mark the financials so they had a really hard time with wholesale and retail so it's just like you know what it's like 
$20,000. It's not worth my headache yeah. right now. So I went to Women's Enterprise Center. It was like the same thing. And they have a restaurant expert who's like an old man. Shouldn't he be a woman at Women's <laughs> Enterprise Center? First of all, anyway. And he was like, people are trending towards eating healthy now. And so, like, they're not going to buy your donuts. They're eating healthy now. Like, you're 100 years old, which respect, True. except you do not know what people are doing right now. Well, if he's older, he probably wants to eat a little healthier. Probably. He yeah. should have. I mean, he was... Anyway. <laughs> uh, and I had already, you know, started. I was already doing the donuts. I already had wholesale contracts. I had already proven that there was demand for it. So I couldn't understand why it wouldn't have been easier for me. So they they suggested I just focus on wholesale and not even have a retail spot because they couldn't fathom how many people I would need to come in to sell donuts each day hmm. and today wholesale is like I don't know I haven't done the actual math because math is tough read math is tough like 10% of my sales probably wholesale retail is way better hmm. for me than wholesale so I go. didn't get any loans from anybody I got one from ECU but it was small so tip here go against the grain yeah. And Winnipeg thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Winnipeg eats out a lot, so maybe, I mean, but restaurants too close. But restaurants, bakeries are slightly different. But I, I had proven already, right? It's not like I had just said, I'm going to open a donut shop. Please give me some money. I already had clients. So I think, yeah, a, a big piece of advice would be don't listen to the experts mm -hmm. all the time. I did air quotes for experts <laughs> there just for the listeners because maybe they're an expert in something else, but they're not an expert in everything. Mm -hmm. Now that you're like two years in, what's what are your plans moving forward? Like, are you keep doing the same thing? Plans to evolve? Is yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are plans. There are plans or hopes. This is candid conversation. <laughs> yeah, really detailed. Maybe one or two year plan, if it works out, is to actually take over the space next to us, which is a convenience store right now. And then we could have a proper cafe and have more seating and like espresso and things. Mm. So, I mean, that could happen anytime, I suppose. I don't feel like that convenience store is very lucrative, <laughs> but I'm also not in a position to buy him out of his lease. So <laughs> we'll just wait for that to expire. But actually the building we're in, has been completely gutted, except for one, the convenience store, and one other, I think it's like an insurance or something. Place. I don't even know what's there. So there was government offices on the top floors. There was a Michi and Bombolini, of course. They've closed long now. So all of that has been gutted. They're going to put apartments or condos or something up there. And the guy was like, yeah, it'd be great if we could get Stella's in here. I'm like, well, Stella's has baked goods, which is in violation of my lease. So good luck. Well, we'll just, we won't have the baked goods. I'm like, okay, you, you ask Stella's if they want to have a location with other baked goods. You can do it then. They're not going to say yes to that. And then uh, like a cycling studio or something maybe. So that would be great for everybody. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so they would be very interested and supportive of like a full cafe. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I do not want a second location, which is a lot of people ask that question. Mm. Unless it was already a restaurant space. So the hardest thing was converting not like a food space to a food space. Mm. There's like change of use and we had to have all these things. And so, no. Also, I think Winnipeg can sustain two donut shops. Do they need more than one of one of those two donut shops? I don't really think so. Hmm. People, like for sure, people don't want to come downtown and parking can be inconvenient. But for the most part, I think that they figure it out. Yeah, if they want sure. to. A lot of people come in and say, oh, hipster donut shop to us. And I'm like, I'm just an old lady, like trying to make mouse happy, which I'm going to say it again. And I'm too old to be a hipster. First of all, I'm like 37. Isn't there a cutoff? So are you for saying you're 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 a hipster before it was cool? Is that what you're saying? Now? No, <laughs> so I'm not a hipster at all. So Me too. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I mean, you started off making donuts, loving baking, and now at this point, owning a business. I mean, how much time do you actually spend making donuts? Negative two hours a week. 
So how does that make you feel? No. Like, <laughs> are you... How does that make you feel? Am I in therapy again? <laughs> um, it's not great. My Obviously, my favorite part is making the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be fine if, you know, I'm the backup for everything. So if the fryer calls in sick, I'm frying. And that's like 1 a.m. And I didn't anticipate that. So then my whole other day is thrown off. So this this time, basically, I've used to catch up on bookkeeping. So I do the basic bookkeeping. I hire accountants to do the actual math. I just plug in the things and <laughs> the places. Um, so mostly it's just like answering emails and bookkeeping or ordering things. So, yeah, that's kind of soul crushing. Mm-hmm. But I hired a new baker, so I spent two weeks working overnights training him to do the dough. And that was great. It was really hard to not sleep ever, but like when I was there doing it, it was great. So I managed to sneak some in, mm-hmm. but often I have literal, very literal, very little, <laughs> literally very little that works to do with actually donuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides, this needs more nuts. It's not enough <laughs> nuts on this donut. And don't use as much water. Yeah, yeah. less water. Like how many times am I going to tell you to <laughs> fill the sink up? I think that this is a big problem that a lot of people face when they open businesses, right? They do it because they love yes. the, you know, the service that they're doing or the product that they're creating. And it's hard so often to actually move into the actual business side of things. You have to really enjoy it or be so passionate about what you do that you can yeah. keep things moving forward. Yeah. Yes. It's it's hard for sure. It's not the best part of it. Of owning a business is like being on a computer all the time, but uh, I think I think you have to balance it and like kick somebody out so that you can get some time mm-hmm. doing what you actually like to do. Just make sure you do some of that yeah. for some of the time. Right now we it's slow, so we have less staff. But sometimes I have sixteen staff that are sustaining themselves by people buying donuts. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. That my passion for something honestly i don't even like i didn't like donuts like it wasn't a thing that i craved i like cookies give me some cake i like making ice cream but i know like i made donuts a couple times but it was never like let's go get some donuts honey you know yeah um no offense to those who do but it's it's interesting that i ended up making donuts and that donuts in theory just caused me so much stress like how are donuts this stressful? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, balance. It's all about balance. Absolutely. All the things. Yeah. So where can people go to find you both in retail and also online? Oh, deal. We're located at 326 Broadway in the downtown area of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. North America. Anyway. Uh, also, we are selling our donuts at various locations throughout Winnipeg, mostly downtown, Parlor, Little Sister, Tom Bargains, Squared, Fools and Horses, Broadway, not the Forks, because the other guys are there, uh, Fourth on Mondays and Fridays. It's <laughs> very specific. Yeah, well, I guess those are busy days. I don't know. Whatever. You want the donuts, I'll bring them to you. Scout, CMU, Folio. Folio, CMU. Is that it? Sure. I think so. Stress. <laughs> Maybe. That's a lot of places. If if yeah. if we're missing one, we'll definitely post them all on uh, CandidPodcast.ca. <laughs> They're listed on the website. And her website, yeah. which is? Odonuts.com. Beautiful. Not .ca. Cause Just .ca because. .ca is poop. Just kidding. <laughs> and you can go to juxtacommunications.ca <laughs> to go to our website. Oh, dear. <laughs> Because we support Canada.ca. <laughs> that was great. You're welcome. Yeah, you like that. That tag there. Um, I like it. <laughs> so we'll have everything on on our website, uh, CanadaPodcast.ca. Now redirects to our new JuxtaCommunications.ca. Yes. You're looking at me like I'm Sorry. crazy. Normally we say what the episode number is, but I realize we don't have a plan in place for season two. Yeah, Normally we... it's like... EP one. We didn't actually think about this for season two. Oh, we'll do it later. S E P one. S E S E S two E P one. Yeah. C three P O. C three P O. Have to think about it. Yeah, we will. 
Uh, yeah, so everything will be on juxtacommunications.ca slash, uh, yeah, I guess it'll be S. S2EP1. <laughs> Just say cannonpodcast.ca. Cannonpodcast.ca. You'll find it. You'll find it. Most of all, Amanda, thank you so much for being so candid. Thank you. Oh, that's probably one of my biggest problems. Being too candid? Yeah. Well. We like it. Cool. I could have got way worse, but, you know, children are probably not listening to this. Let's hope not. That was <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Candid Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and coworkers. You can tweet or find us on Instagram at juxtacoms, J-U-X-T-A-C-O-M-M-S, to let us know what your thoughts are and if you have any questions for the next episode. Visit candidpodcast.ca to learn more about this podcast and to access the show notes for every single episode. And then also, idi- idiotically, is that a word? That is. Can I say it? It's a word? I guess you're the content person here. <laughs> oh no, that's, the pressure's on now. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say that we should we should go with it. You can create words if it's not a word. Sure. Well, like, I'm going to write Webster's after this. There you go. <laughs> anyway.